everyone. Welcome to episode number 42 of the Fitness Devil Podcast with today's guest, Louis Guarino, who comes to talk with us about style and substance within the fitness industry, his fashion sense. We get a lot into fat loss and how that's nearly a universal goal, and Louis is very good at it with his clients. Uh, a lot about how he's the as he claims, the first personal trainer that won't BS you with unrealistic promises and a lot of the unrealistic shit that we do see in our industry. Louis is completely dynamic. He's a lot of fun. He has a lot of energy. So hopefully you really enjoy this episode. Thanks. Peace. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fitness Devil Podcast. Today we got uh, Louis Guarino joining us uh, with his style and substance. Uh, Louis, <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's like, I don't want to make too much light of the style because there's so much substance behind it, whereas so many people in our industry are... He, he does have style. a steamer in the background. Does he? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yes, I have a steamer in the background. No. He steamed his white t-shirt for the webcam. We're, uh, we're, and, and we're, I have to make sure that I look aesthetically pleasing to the uh, to the viewers. Well, that's what this is all about, aesthetically pleasing. We're, like we shit. got we got a lot to talk about on that. Um, but uh, Louis in uh, Toronto, but uh, you're originally yep. f- you spent a lot of time in New York. Are you originally from New York? Yes. So I grew up about an hour north of Manhattan and uh, Orange County, and then nice. when I moved out, I moved down into Weehawken, uh, Jersey City, Hoboken area for a bit, and uh, then. Got married and moved up to Toronto. Cool. Here I am. Was, Toronto's a pretty cool hotbed for fitness as well. There's a bunch of friends of, uh, of mine in that area and a bunch of notable fitness professionals, so it's pretty sweet. And uh, so you're working there as a personal trainer, online coach, writer. So, I mean, I didn't already say it. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate cool. it. <laughs> so we talked about style. So like, your style totally bleeds into everything you do. Your personality... Uh, personally, professionally, in your media, but yet you back it up with results and a track record of success and a pretty deep industry respect. You know, people talk very kindly about you. Like, you seem to be universally well-liked. How do you feel like that style has helped your career and then translated into success for your clients? Um, well, I guess before I was a personal trainer, before any of this stuff, like, I've always been, you know, coming from New York and, like, you know, sneaker culture, uh, fashion, that's what it was about. That's what it is about. You know, for instance, I was just back in New York for two weeks and I just got back, my wife and I got back uh, two days ago. And I mean, like, for instance, I swore off sneakers for, for a while. I was like, you know, there was a time, you know, you want Jordans, you want this, you want that. And like, you spend all your money on that type of stuff and you can be doing other things with it. But uh, <laughs> going back, you know, I went back and I'm hitting these sneaker spots that I hadn't been to. And, you know, I was in Canada for two years because, um, yeah, I, you know, I had to wait for my permanent residency and all this stuff before I could leave again and come in and out. So when I went back, I, I was going back to these sneaker spots and like all these clothing spots. And I'm like, damn, I missed this stuff. Like I, it was, so I came back with like three pairs of sneakers and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like it was just, and you know, just being around, like that's what I was, I always known growing up. Um, you know, for better or for worse, it's kind of like, you know, Hey, you might not have a dollar in the bank, but if you look good, you felt good, right? So it always was one of those things where it's like I always took my appearance very well, you know, took it very seriously because you never knew, you know, you never know who you're going to meet when you're going to meet them, and the last thing you want to do is look bummy when you're doing it. 
So I want to make sure that I'm as confident in what I, you know, in my abilities as a coach, as I, you know, it's, you know, I, I want to be as confident as a coach as I am when I dress. And I, I think I dress very well. So that confidence from me putting so much detail and, and like thought into what I'm going to wear for that day goes into, you know, kind of trans, you know, transferred into my coaching because now I look at every detail of what I'm doing for my clients. So that, that's what it's about. You know, the, you know, there's a difference between style and fashion, right? Like fashion changes, but style is what's uniquely yours. And, you know, you can be fashionable and stylish and, or you can be stylish and not fashionable. It really depends. So that's kind of how I've always done it. And, um, you know, yeah, that's, you know, I, I just like to, you know, like to look good. It's, it's it. funny. I just had this conversation, uh, with one of my football buddies, um, not to say I'm super stylish, like I'm looking like shit, but <laughs> football, when, when I kind of went up to like the junior ranks after high school, I like learned this whole style, um, we'll call it the style thing, but it's like, look good, play good, or look good, feel good, play good. And then there's this whole like subculture of like wristbands, certain wristbands with certain colors and under armor to hear what sneakers you're wearing and how high your socks are. And you put two socks over once. It was like fucking crazy. And I was like, what is this? But I felt good when I got it right. <laughs> so I understand that to some extent because like, yeah, like you have the right wristband combination and you, you play better. Like, I don't know what the fuck the science is. On. <laughs> well, you said something yeah. there um, about, uh, you know, fashions change, right? And it just made me think immediately about the fitness industry and a lot of the, the trends and things that goes on. And a lot of that stuff is very much what's in fashion in our industry over the years. But Absolutely. style is definitely the tried and true stuff that each individual coach implements and hopefully has a lot oh. of success with. And hopefully, you know, we have a lot of, I'd say it's probably 50-50 trainers and enthusiasts who listen to this episode and I hope most of the people here are not fashion, you know, jumpers, but instead people who have developed their own individual style. What's your thoughts on that in terms of, like, I, I would put almost tribalism with the way you dress. Like, every, like, little niche has their thing. Like, have you seen a lot of that kind of just from, I, yeah. I would say, like, you look a little different than some of, like, the, the powerlifters or football players. But, like, do you see that tribalism in, in how people dress? Yeah, absolutely. So, for instance, it's... Uh, you know, this is totally a stereotyping. This is totally generalizing and blanket statement uh, statement right now. But you know, you can if you walk down the street and you see two dudes or two girls or whatever, and they're in Reebok, you know, Reebok CrossFit sneakers, and they've got high socks, short shorts, and a tank top. You can guarantee they're probably CrossFitters. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, know, <laughs> you can if, if you're seeing dudes wearing. Um, baggy you know baggy sweatpants chucks or some rider wear sneakers and uh, uh old grangy god if that's even a word a real like bodybuilder dirty hoodie you can guarantee they're probably a bodybuilder or a powerlifter yeah right if you see so if you see uh a woman i haven't seen many men so i'm just again this is type this is totally you're, typecast you're good brother you're good this yeah. is not that pc a show well, i promise oh. you Oh, but we but we gotta we gotta mention the yoga folks who are walking around in, in, in the, uh, the the runners and the yoga pants and the, the Nike the mesh tops, right? Like that's the type of thing. Like you can totally typecast what those people, particular people do because of what they're wearing. I'm sure a lot of those things do become part of wanting to be be a part of something that they can identify Absolutely. with. I think it's a very strong thing within CrossFit. As much as CrossFit can occasionally get some criticism, there was a little dust up recently over some comments that one of their people made in regards to the LGBT community and pride, and then he got fired real quick for that. So at least they stood up against that one. That's sort of a big mess and off topic, but 
there, I, I still have a lot of positive thoughts about them, despite some of the criticisms as well. What's yeah. A, what's what's a wife beater? Like, what what tribe does a sleeveless wearing behemoth wear? Like, what's that look? <laughs> so Andrew what, doesn't wear sleeves. Andrew, so like, this is what, what he's wearing. What Andrew's wearing right now is that's that's the uh, the 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 behemoth wear. That's that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you have big arms, tribal. What are you? So if for anyone not listening, he, he's in a you got a V neck like it's 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 fitted dog yeah. tags. Uh, dog tags. It's, His hair is done real well. Actually, yeah. Um, this is my pajamas at the moment. I'm wearing. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm wearing some Versace slippers. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. My 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 Hugo Boss pajama <laughs> pants and my Derek uh, my I mean what is it my David Derek Rose something like that I don't know so or Derek London or something like that some brand from the UK and that's the shirt that this is man that's fucked you, like, like, you look good and he's wearing you're actually wearing pajamas so anyone listening he's actually in his pajamas he looks better than I, I do like when I go out it's great like <laughs> yeah. it, pajamas like, first of all Hugo Boss pajamas that's hysterical and it's like you and Mike Isertel. Isertel will do these podcasts with us in his pajamas <laughs> just no fucks given whatsoever you guys pull it off very differently let's see it's comfort <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that. So there's a second part to that question before we move on. And I want to know what are your thoughts on those in the industry that craft style and image uh, that falsely portray success? Yes. Okay. So I, Hey, I'm going to be the, I will be the first to tell you I've certainly been there before. Of course. Right. Like we all know that saying, you know, act like you've been there before. Right. And it's one of those things where, Sometimes I can, I can totally see it. I can understand the reasoning behind it, right? If, if you're if you're a trainer and you're not making much money, but the money you're making um, is going into your wardrobe, it looks like you're more of a success than maybe you are. Um, I I don't want to I don't want to say. Like, I mean, of course, you always want to be you at the end of the day. Yeah, like yes, you want to be you, but for me. It wasn't, you know, dressing how I'm dressing, even if I didn't have, you know, even if I wasn't doing well, um, it's not because I'm trying to impress anybody. You know, I think we, we fall into that trap of like, you know, we, we know that that phrase, you know, you, you buy shit to uh, to impress people you don't even like. Um, and that's the thing, you know, it it it's such an it's so like, multi, I guess, multifactorial, right? Like, you know, some people are doing it because they want to try to prove to their their competitors or their friends that or their whatever their colleagues that oh I'm successful so because look at what I have. Um, and then there are people who are just, yeah, like going into debt, trying to falsely portray this this idea, you know, for social media. And there's numerous stories on this, right? Like I remember reading one recently where this not that she was in fitness, but this one girl who went like granted it's ten K in debt. I mean ten K is still ten K, but you know taking out loans to take trips to take photos for likes on Instagram, so to speak. Right. Like that's just ridiculous. Well, maybe that's the official story. Maybe she's going down to certain country or places like Dubai. And uh, what you're not seeing is the dudes that they're going down there who's paying for the trips and what's going on. Exactly. There. Like, well, I wonder yeah. what goes on with that. Like, not that I like, you're me. married. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Uh, I know that they can't afford. To, I don't fucking no. Not, of, not even getting into that. I sort of have <laughs> two sort of thoughts, and I actually like where you said you know kind of you came from that place where you know like style was always important to you before you know you've hit the levels of success you've had today, and I think that's cool. I actually I totally agree with that. I think where it gets 
problematic is more about the image and style of the media and the presentation that someone is big time hotshot coach. We see this a lot on Instagram. I feel like it yeah. when it's it's completely manufactured and is not real versus being an, a personal image that you will grow into that's yeah. aspirational. And I think those two things are very different. So oh, your, your thoughts on the former. Yeah. The fraudulent um, stuff. Well, I mean, oh, go, I'll repeat that. So going back to like the, the, um, the people like who are, how it was for me. Oh, the people actually right. more about what are your thoughts on the people who are faking it? Like the ones who are oh, pre- um, I mean, presenting like, Hey, this but, is this wonderful life and it's all bullshit. I think that goes with anything else, even outside of fitness. I, I don't think you know, it, it's not authentic, right? It, it's, it's 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 a facade that most people um, they think is you know that it's more of a self conscious issue. It's more of a it's more the fact that they are you know maybe they're not really happy with themselves with their uh, with their careers with their choices, and in order for them to feel good about themselves, even for that you know that that dopamine hit for a like. You know, they got to present, uh, they got to present something, right? Like how many guys do you know on Instagram right now who are, you know, Jack Tan wearing their beaters, posing in front of Lamborghinis that aren't theirs. And oh, oh, you know, what success looks like. This is, you know, like. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, have you ever see those ads where the guy like has the, fo- the phone, he's like going through like, yeah, like things are so great. I'm in my, <laughs> see, that's my two cars, like a thousand, I read a thousand books, but like my life's so great. Like I'm in a fucking condo in, or a house in Miami and that thing always pops up. I'm like, man, what is he fucking selling? It's MLM, isn't it? I got, baby, I got this one jackass on my Facebook and I don't know why I leave him there, but he always posts pictures of all these different Porsches and implying that they're his and gives him girls' names. He generally has a sort of like condescending, very sexist sort of tone to him about like the way he interacts with women too, which is, isn't cool. But he always pr- creates this impression that he owns all these different Porsches. Dude owns like one older Porsche, which is cool, all <laughs> good. But he's just totally fabricating this idea that he's got like a stable full of six or seven cars. But they're all like, oh, this one's in Vancouver or this one's in the shop or whatever. It must right? be so, stressful to live that lie. It is. Yeah. Come on now. Like when think about it this way, it's like if you're constantly trying to appease your peers or your again your competitors or people that you don't like, and you're 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 literally BSing them the entire time. Like that doesn't do you any good. You know, it doesn't do it doesn't do anybody any good. It, it, if anything, it makes you look like a fool. And that's one thing with me. I learned very quickly because I started personal training in 2012 and. I know what it's like to have to freaking struggle. I know what it's like to have to, you know, you know, you buy these certain things and then you're, you know, I remember buying true religion jeans when they were hot back in 2010, 2011, 2012 with barely any money. I saved up just, you know, um, I think Hurricane Sandy. Oh yeah. Hurricane Sandy hit in fall of 2012. I hit all of these coasts. Yep. Um, it got flooded. I didn't work two weeks. I squandered my savings. And then next thing you know, I was freaking selling all those jeans. I had <laughs> those bad boys were on eBay, so, so I can make. I know what it's like, and so that it, that was that's it's really humbling at that point. You know what I mean? So um, if, if if people are listening to this and they're the type that are doing it, I'm like, yo, they gotta chill out with that. <laughs> Good advice. Well, and let's even let's go to the. Like, we have some trainers that listen to this, and just I guess anyone for advice. How can I guess how can this industry do a better job with their style? 
I guess, when not on the job. Because we talked about all the shit people do to look good, to present something. But how can they do better and even just dress up, we'll say, a basic tank just to make themselves look better so that their business does? Yeah, I mean, you don't need, you know, a basic tank is what? You can go to Walmart and get a basic tank and dress it up because it's just a freaking piece of cloth that has no sleeves and a deep neck. (laughs) So it's not (laughs) like you need to spend a ton of money on it, right? Um, That said... You know, we're all adults here, especially if they're listening to this. We're adults, like, dress like one. You know, dress like you're 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 not a, a 10-year-old child who doesn't know how to put together a tank top and a pair of pants that actually fit. And, you know, okay, not everybody's going to have a shit ton of sneakers like I do or a shit ton of boots like I do. But treat your shoes, treat your clothes, treat, your, treat everything – the way you would want to treat yourself and, and, and treat the other things that are of importance to you, you know, like don't dog your sneakers and then go, you know, go try selling $150 personal training services to somebody who's going to look at you like, you don't even take care of yourself. It looks like how the hell are you going to, why am I going to pay you $150 to take care of me essentially? Like that just, it doesn't work, you know? So somebody like that wants to wear a tank. Okay. Throw a button up over it, throw a, throw a blazer over it, throw a leather jacket over it. Um, you know, wear, wear fitted jeans or jeans that actually fit, you know what I mean, just in general. Um, and do whatever you want, essentially, but at least, you know, come out looking presentable. Like, that's that's really what it's about. <laughs> you sort of hit on a, a point there that we've hit on in this podcast before, and I probably don't want to go too, too far down this one, but, you know, just looking a certain way and how people will view you and that gets into that conversation about trainers being in shape. Now, like I said, let's not go too far down this one, but it, you know, it's like, it's tricky because some people will really argue, oh, you know, it shouldn't matter what kind of shape a trainer's in, but we do know that clients can potentially evaluate someone based on a first impression. We know they will. And if you have a trainer who's visibly in shape versus one that's not, I understand the argument that it doesn't matter. I've always felt that's a bit naive and I simply give advice to younger, newer trainers who might be struggling, who aren't as busy as they want to be. It is going to affect you. So the best thing to do is to make every effort to improve the shape you're in and work hard at it because it is an honest thing, whether or not you like to accept it, that people will judge you based on your appearance, both clothing and how you take care of yourself, but also like the kind of shape you're in and if you are struggling to be busy, it is something that you can positively affect and inspire others well, to believe you. It, it, it goes on that sliding. I think it goes on that sliding scale mm-hmm. that we talked about. People who are, I guess, I guess, fake it till you make it. But there's, I, I guess, is there? Can you do yourself up too much to the point where you're getting people that you don't necessarily? Let's just say that aren't part of your tribe. Like let's just we use fucking we CrossFitters for example. If you don't dress like a CrossFitter and all you want to do is train CrossFitters, but like they want to look professional so they dress like this and then you end up getting a bunch of clients you don't fucking want. Like, wh- where does that... <laughs> but seriously, like, where does that end? Because at the same time, like like you said, you got to kind of be an individual too. So is there kind of... Is it kind of just on the advice of just dress better at what you are? <laughs> or just like an adult? I like that. I think of it like this, you know, and I I, I want to actually just quickly touch on the to- uh, on that topic of what Andrew was talking about sure, with the... Uh, about, like, looking a certain way. Um, I mean, think about it this way. If you're a trainer and you're trying to build a business and, okay, if you're working with athletes, basketball players, football players, they're probably not in the greatest shape, but they're not looking for body composition changes really. They're just looking to be better athletes. You're better athletes. Yeah. So if, you know, and some of the, some really great athletes are visibly not that in shape. I mean, you can look at any freaking lineman for any professional football team and you can see that like 
these guys are great athletes, but they're still, if you know, they in, carry a lot of body fat. My numbers, they're they're in the very overweight range. They're very obese range, but they are, but they they're just genetic freaks. But that's neither here nor there. The fact is, is that you know, if 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 you're if you're toting yourself to be a body composition coach, if you're toting yourself to be a fat loss coach, muscle gain coach, whatever case may be, general health, like. For instance, any of those, you're, you should absolutely be in some type of shape. You don't need yeah, to be sholing all year round. You don't like. I'm not sholing. I literally just posted about. I'm not sholing. I'm. No. I'm. I've been, I mean, I'm five seven and a half. I'm about one seventy four. I'm cutting for the next ten weeks because it's my birthday. Um, but other than that, like, <laughs> you know, there is. You have to also live your life as an example for others, right? Especially that you're coaching. So, yeah, I mean. You, you can go on Instagram right now. We all know we go on Instagram right now, find some really in shape dudes and girls who have no experience coaching. No clue what the fuck they're doing. And, and all they have to do is say, oh, I did keto. Oh, I did intermittent fasting. Oh, I train like this. And who do you think the person who has no idea but wants a coach is going to go to? They're not going to go to the person who's, who's uh, uh, making a lateral move who looks just like them or worse technically, they're yep. going to go towards that person they aspire to be. And that's the issue that we're facing right now because if you want to inspire change, you have to be that change. You can't say, hey, look at me. I might not be in shape, but I can help you get in shape. No, you need to practice what you preach so that you can then, so that you can then become relatable to the other people who are like, you know what? I know that I can live my life, maybe not be completely in shape, but if I do need to get in shape, my coach who does the same exact things can teach me the same exact ways. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. Well, it's almost, so, yeah. well, it's almost that idea that if you don't do it, they're going to go to those people that probably aren't qualified that just fucking want that quick money because yeah. they they played the game better <laughs> and then they got the people, which means that they're going to get, well, it may not fucked up, but we're just going to we're just gonna assume that they're lower-end coaches. So, I mean, if you're a good coach and you have good shit, like you, it's almost like your responsibility to be better so that you can help more people as opposed to them going to the other people. I just like how you said it because... A lot of people will point this out in a very negative sort of way, very critical of out-of-shape coaches, and I don't think that's the answer either. It's no. It's got to be said in, I think, just the way you said it. And before we move on, <clears throat> I was going to say, too, that you can thank your buddy Dean Somerset for the fashion questions and some of this stuff, because uh, he was the one, I, we said this off-air, but uh, so you guys are really good buddies, and so Dean brought you up at a dinner party I was at oh, several months ago, and uh, saying how I should get you on there, and how just what a wonderful guy you were. So we have this running joke that you probably aren't familiar with, but Dean was our first guest and he's sort of our anchor guest. Like if you you listen to the fit cast, he's got like Dan John and Alan Cosgrove and Lou Schuler. Well, we got Dean, right? So he's, he's here in Edmonton. He's, he's good shit. We've been friends for a long time. So we always slip him into the podcast. Now, this is this will be like number 42, episode 42. So I think he's been in every single one just mentioned. It started out for maybe the first 10 as kind of like this thing that we didn't realize. And then he pointed it out. It's like, all right, fuck it. We're going to just like, make he's sure. Like, he's like, girl, this motherfucker on his fashion. So he's um, <laughs> so he's the Easter egg that we slip in here all the time, just as kind of a joke. So he, well, he, well, tell Dean. You can tell him yourself. He listens. He okay, listens. So you tell him right now. So Dean is... I got to tell you, when, when, all right, so this man showed up to Toronto with his <laughs> wife, and we go to meet him. This dude is just Burberry'd out. And I'm just sitting here like, what, what can I do to be like you? This man's got a Burberry sweatsuit. That, like, that's his sweatsuit. Like, I'm buying Nike sweatsuits because they're like a third or a fourth of the price. This man comes in with a dope Burberry hoodie, some sweatpants. I'm sitting here like, Dean, 
for real? This is what we're doing right now? And he's just like, I'll do it. I'm just like, oh, man. So, yeah, we, Dean and I, we actually got to, uh, when he came to Toronto, we went to Yorkdale Mall. Like, we had a nice little shopping experience. He's my guy. So, like, it was, it was, anytime it comes to fashion or clothes, like, Dean and I connect with that. <laughs> he's, like, not fashionable. <laughs> But he, I guess he wore, I guess I he wore he, the right thing, and I, he likes Nike shoes. I so think he I mean, picks his spots. I think he, is what Dean does. D- Dean likes his shoes, though, so I guess oh, that. Dean makes. loves shoes. Yeah, and his wrestling belts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have him back on probably. Like we figure we'll stuff him in at episode fifty, the kind of the landmark episode. So we'll right. get his ass back on here. Let him have some fun with you. So let's go somewhere that I think is a little bit more practical, maybe safe for the enthusiasts. So like, fat loss is nearly a universal goal for everybody. Uh, what do you do? Because you're well known for this. What do you do that's so effective with your clients? And then the traditional bodybuilding world, it's actually pretty great for fat loss. It's It does a good job of that. Despite some of the pitfalls, what can we borrow from the approach from the traditional bodybuilding world to get ourselves and our clients leaner? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't run, I don't run on the camp that X diet works or Y diet works. Like, I mean, let's be honest. All of it works, and I know that it, you know we've we've heard time and time again. You know the best diet is one that fits the individual. Okay, great. It's about getting the individual to understand what they like and what they want versus trying to make them feel they need to like this or need to like that. So, for instance, um, if I have a client who genuinely loves paleo, I'm still going to tell them, great, eat paleo. But you still need X amount of carbs, you still need X amount of fat, you still need X amount of protein, and you can't go over these calories if you're trying to drop your body fat. If you're a vegetarian, you need X amount of protein. I don't care how you get it, within your vegetarian kind of foods, you gotta get your protein in um, as best as you can, because I know it's a lot harder for vegetarians, uh, etc. Um, it doesn't matter what, as long as they tell they have to verbalize, that's the key. Clients need to verbalize what they want and what they need because I will never make the assumption that, like, yes, they can tell me that they want fat loss. Okay, great. But what what is it that you like? What is it that, that you feel that you, um, you need to have every single day to make this sustainable? And that's the biggest thing. I mean, and, and when it comes to training, I run, you know, this – will vary person to person or camp to camp. Whereas people have seen great results. Like I have nutrition only clients right now um, who they, they go to the semi-private or, um, or group classes, you know, like group strength training classes, semi-private classes. Uh, they do CrossFit. Um, okay, great. That works. And obviously getting somebody under the bar as Tony Jellicor had said, like literally verbatim, like get them under the bar. Like as long as they're doing that, um, and their nutrition is in order, they'll see their results. But I'm alone in the camp that if you come to me as a one-on-one client, we're getting you on a progressive strength training program, one that's going to make you, that's essentially going to meet you where you're at, right? You know, if somebody's never used a barbell before, I'm probably not going to start with a barbell. We'll work with machines and cables and some dumbbells um, and then build up the confidence because a lot of people that are coming to us are not competent people, really, or they might be confident in the things that they know and they put off their fitness for so long because who likes to feel wrong? Who likes to feel stupid or dumb? Or or, or uh, yeah, and, and that's what it is. So 
Um, you know, I use, and then what I tell my clients is I say, look, cardio, I, I, I liken the, the group classes or, or even CrossFit as dessert in, in comparison to being the meat and the potatoes or the, the real dinner of training because you want something that you need, you need to teach them that they're not going to be able to maintain that type of high-intensity training for a long time. Then while they're younger, yes, maybe when they get a little older, if they've been doing it, sure they will be. But you tell a 50 or 60-year-old want, who wants to try CrossFit, okay, you can try it, but you need to get the fundamentals first. And then you bring it up through the regular strength training and then say, okay, for your cardio day, you can go do a CrossFit class or you can go do one of your semi-private classes. Um, that's if they come to me directly. But again, uh, some people aren't even ready for that. They like the group setting. So it is about what do they like at the same time. So they might like that group setting. They might like the CrossFit, the, the camaraderie of everybody around them, helping them, et cetera. So it really depends on that person. Um, but if, if somebody wants to be successful, it is about – um, literally for me, it, it's about them doing as little as possible and eating as much as they need to, to maintain that, right? Like, cause fitness is meant to, fitness is really meant to, uh, expand and, uh, and, and make everybody, you know, make their lives better. It's meant to, to give it more, it's meant to make them live better in all the things that they actually love to do, want to do, right? Like nobody needs to be in the gym six days a week. Nobody needs to be in the gym seven days a week. And I think that when people realize that they don't need to do as much and all they need to do is essentially just track their food a little bit better, watch what they eat, they'll see the results. And doing, you know, eating more, doing less while maintaining enough to drop body fat is, I think, the key to a more sustainable, more maintainable approach. If anyone listening, you might want to rewind all that because I think that actually might be the most useful segment that we've ever had on this podcast like just take that because i i line up so closely with your your thoughts on that i try to approach it the same way because just pay attention to that i just have nothing to add to that the only thing i noticed was and i like this i think this is worth saying whatever dietary approach you took you basically used the concepts behind flexible dieting which is really just calories macros and then all of these other diets, like people think flexible dieting versus intermittent fasting, that's not how it works. Flexible dieting should actually be your base for anything, getting your calories right, but then you can use any other dietary ideology that you like. Yes. And then flexible dieting still needs to be the backbone, right? You still Absolutely. have to get your so, calories right. As I, so this is what I actually tell potential clients, and I, I tell them, look, flexible dieting is not a diet. Exactly. I mean, Alan Aragon has always approached this with the whole IIFYM thing, right? He's made several posts of this. If a pitch of macros is not a diet, flexible diet is not a diet. It's how you should eat. It's it's. But we've gone so far away yeah. from the from the simplistic aspect of eating that now we've got to give it an acronym. We've got to <laughs> give it something that people are, will remember to to stay there, remember what it is. But it's not a you know like I get it. If if you're a person who's eating you know, 10 cheeseburgers a day, probably we won't even worry about your macros right now. We probably just want to get you down to like five cheeseburgers a day before we really start, just so we cut down your calories overall, right? But like at the end of the day, flexible dieting is not a diet. It's a way for you to actually eat. And then the flexibility within your calories is essentially to choose your dietary preference, whether you want to be high fat or high carb or paleo or, or 
for fuck's sake. Yo, <laughs> like it still runs on the premise of calories, right? Like, and that's the premise. Like, it, you choose what you want, but remember that you still need to eat less. And that's what's so hard for people. It's designed to give them the option so they don't stress the fuck out. Because if they stress out about like all this shit they should do, then they fucking don't get gains anyways because they're stressed about this and that. And flexible is just that, like fucking relax, hit your calories, and then find shit you like. One of the dangers behind getting involved in a rigid ideology with nutrition, um, and it, it, ideologies aren't the only way this works, but you can then justify or rationalize on and off behavior, which is sort of a dangerous place that a lot of people I think we deal with get into. So when people start saying, well, I'm on keto, I am on intermittent fasting, if those are the type of people who struggle with consistency, you by your very definition of being on it, you also create an off mode that you can switch out of. Breaking yes. that kind of behavior is actually a critical thing for anyone who struggles. I think that most of the clients that I've ever worked with who have had a great deal of trouble losing weight, they, some of them made progress, a lot of them made progress, some struggle with it, but they fell into this very on, very off behavior. So fitness professionals definitely be on guard about creating like structures that someone can actually shift between being on that structure versus being completely and utterly off that structure. Yes. So you, yeah, like actually I, I'm going to start taking what you just said about the whole on and off thing. Cause I never actually really thought about it like that. I, I guess I understood it, but to verbalize that, I never would have actually verbalized it like that, which is fantastic. Um, that said, you know, like you'll never hear somebody say I'm on, I'm, or actually no, you, this you will. Yeah. <laughs> This actually blows my mind. This one blows my freaking. I already know where you're going. And when it comes to fitness, I try not, at least over the years, I've, because I've, I'm, I'm learning more about people and their thoughts and the, and the way they think and yada yada. But when somebody tells me I'm on macros, I want to punch a hole through my computer. <laughs> of course you're on macros because macronutrients make up food. So you're if you're on keto or if you're if you're, if you're choosing keto, you're choosing keto, you're on macros because you're on food. You're not on dirt and air. Like oh, Some that, people claim to be on air. You, you remember that, don't you? Oh, no, the, oh, that Barbie, the, that, 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 couple, oh, I was thinking about that there, one. The, there's a couple people that claim that they got all their sustenance from air. I mean, I actually kind of hope it was true because they'd probably be, they, they wouldn't be around much longer. Well, to you spread can that live much, a year without food. They're full of shit, but people did say that. You can fast for like a year. I don't think that's a very good idea. Nobody's, but. nobody's purposely fasting for a year unless they're but they're absolutely. living off air. Unless they're out of their minds. There's <laughs> hope that, I mean, unless, listen, unless you live in a third world country, God forbid, like you're not fasting out of choice for a year. Like, I and I think that's another thing. That's another thing when it comes to people and their mentality. You have the choices here. Yeah, like, great. you're like, why on earth? Why on earth would you choose to give up food that people in other countries are dying to have? Are you that insane? Are you that self-entitled? I'm like, oh my God, you're ridiculous. I can picture that meme, you know, that skeptical looking little African kid who's looking at someone like, you mean to tell me you deliberately yeah. choose not to eat food? Man, yeah, they're, like, they're in a minute fasting. Oh my, like the people who are like, like I, you know, and, and I don't want to get too far off into this, but no, like, go. you know, when it comes to certain dietary choices, because listen, like 
people are like, oh, well, I'm paleo. Oh, I'm vegan. Like, I don't care. Like, there's no morality, like, to this. There's no morale to food. There's no good or bad food. There's no cheating on a diet. There's nothing to it. It's sustenance. It's calories. It's food. And people have gone so berserk over this. I want to punch a hole through my computer sometimes. <laughs> well, is, it, is it better here in Canada? Um, oh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, I would, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fair. I haven't actually been. I've been to Western Canada once. I've been to Vancouver once. Um, but I've been to Mont. Like, listen, I, in Montreal, I've oh, been to Montreal numerous times since being up here. And the amount of restaurants. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, there's a ton of you know vegan options in. But like, gluten in French is gluten in English. So if somebody says if, if a restaurant says gluten free or how are they say free in French and then gluten. Like, there's so many restaurants in Montreal that nobody's really going to these places. Like, in Toronto, there's, uh, I mean, it's, there, again, saying there's a lot of restaurants. Like, the, the ones that, that, that have meat and all these other things far outweigh, like, the gluten-free and the vegetarian vegan options. And you know what? Like, that's cool. But I, I think most people, I, I would hope most people realize steak's not going to freaking kill you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you choose not to eat meat because you don't like it, or if you have some type of religious reason as to why you don't eat meat, fine. That, that's acceptable. But don't want some moral high ground. Like, oh, oh my man, God, I hate I, it. you eat there? Go to this vegan restaurant. Like, shut up! Like, that's how I feel. <laughs> I hate it, too. It's that whole extremist extremist bullshit. Shit. I mean, it's just, it's like literally, at this point, even with the science is out, it's, it's that fucking simple. Like, it, it's exactly what you said. It's, like, calories in, calories out, quality. Then you can maybe go down the the timing route. But, like, it's just, like, that whole intermittent fasting thing is that, well, we're intermittent fasting. We're all intermittent fasting. We fucking sleep. Like, it's a time without food. <laughs> but it, it goes to what Louis was saying. You still have to package it into a way for the individual to use it yeah. so that way it they come at it from a very healthy place where they can be sustainable with that behavior. And the message, like, it's true, the calories in, calories out, when we just hammer at that message and when all the fitness, fitness pro friends on Facebook and they make these posts, it's like, calories in, calories out, that's all that matters. And it, that's that's very myopic, that completely misses so much important context because it's not that simple to the people who are struggling. If yeah. it were that simple, they wouldn't be overweight. And our society is on an well, aggregate, very overweight. Well, I think that's why our, our responsibility comes in is like getting them there because like I guess that calories in, calories out is like the low hanging fruit where they'll they'll get the message, but they really don't. But that gets that to, that gets you an end to teach them all the other shit. And yes. I think that like at least that message is out there because before it wasn't. The message was whatever fad diet which is out there, which is still out there. But at least calories in, calories out is still in the equation now. It's in the fucking equation of what people see. Which is great. What what are we writing down? Uh, I'm just writing down the last question that was supposed to be on there that you cut off or I might have so it's all good. But either way, either way, let's talk about like I think at some point, I don't know if this is on your website, but it is on his website. A personal trainer that won't BS you with unrealistic promises. Like that's your kind of tagline. Um what are some unrealistic and problematic promises that we see from coaches? Because we know they're out there. So like, oh yeah, all right. Um, let's go hashtag fit T hashtag waist trainer. Um, <laughs> let's go with um, hashtag 
keto life forever hashtag like all these things again are it, it it's not necessary like you don't need a supplement you don't need you you don't need very many supplements at all um except for you know I, no i'm lying you don't need any supplements let's just call that let's go there the supplement is meant to supplement it's meant to help with your normal diet now mind you like for instance, I take vitamin D. Why? Because I live in freaking Canada now. I don't live down south in front of a whole bunch of, you know, with a bunch of sun. I wish I did. Well, no, not really because I actually like my seasons. But, like, if I lived down there, great. Like, I wouldn't need vitamin D intake, right? Um, actually, Spencer uh, Nadalski, he, I remember, it, he totally changed my thought process even on protein powder. Like, you used to think that protein powder is a supplement, but really, it's food. It's because food. a lot of people, yeah, that's all, it, it is food. It, it's, it's powdered protein. The same way, like that, you might have powdered chicken. Not that you would, but if you did, <laughs> it would powdered be powdered. Chicken. It would be protein. Well, there's powdered and, beef, right? There's beef protein. Yeah, okay, so like there's, there's beef protein. Yeah. So like, protein powder, is, you know, is no to me under in, in, is no longer a supplement for me. It, it, I do count it as food. I and when somebody says, "Hey, I need a low fat, high protein food," what can I have? Whey protein. And if they are lactose intolerant, or they choose to have, they don't, or they choose to have dairy. So they had a lactose-free, obviously a whey isolate would be good. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, with their, I, I would say that, you know, you have these coaches out here with their, you know, oh, let's not, we, we can go into the 21-day fix, the fucking, the, the whole 30. We can go into, um, we need not say the name, but, <laughs> you know, there are certain people out there that are, starving clients and then just complete yeah yeah that, that, that mother that yeah. motherfucker is here in edmonton and we try never to say the name directly because that little crazy will go completely batshit insane and send his minions at your facebook wall no one needs to deal with that garbage but he thrives upon the negative attention and he went after brad schoenfeld as such don't think charles staley got it recently but <clears throat> i know he made a post but our industry is just also grabbing onto this nitwit and they're trying to score points too by calling him out the danger with that is we still draw more attention to him and he gets bigger and bigger and bigger so it's a conversation james fell and i have a lot and it's like fuck i mean once you get to the david avocado wolf type territory of being famous like you mentioned spencer did you see that video of spencer down at that conference got a photo with uh, actually a video with avocado wolf no. Oh, it, yes, 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 yes. We I mentioned did. this before on the podcast. Gave a shout out to Martin McDonald. <laughs> and Avocado Wolf didn't know what was going on. But some people pointed out, and rightfully so, that Avocado Wolf didn't know what the hell was going on. He didn't care. That dude is cashing his checks and then some, right? So. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, like, when I say that, I'm not going to give anybody some, like, BS promises. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, like, of course, we, you know, we can say that if, if you drop your deficit into 20% or 30%, you can drop maybe a, a three quarters of a pound to a pound or a pound and a half. But also that's based on the person's adherence, consistency, the fact that they're not, if, if or if they're not stressed, um, mm -hmm. their training, if they got sick. Uh, I mean, you know, they don't live in a lab. Those numbers are, are great averages, but that's also a lab average. And, you know, there are a lot of plenty outside influences that, that deal with that. And so I just think that you want to know what? If, you know, if somebody's going to come to me, I'm going to explain all that to them, but I want them to understand that 
essentially, it doesn't matter what you want for your, well, honestly, it doesn't matter, but I would say if you want X outcome, you have to remember that you can't solely rely on the thoughts of your outcome to be your motivator. What should be your motivator, even though motivation, again, is one of those fleeting feelings like happy or sad, you know, what should be your motivator is your daily choices because it's your daily choices that are going to get you to your goal, not thinking about your goal, which is going to get you to your goal, right? So that's what I like to tell them. And I say, hey, you know, if, if you're going to, if, if your goal is to drop 20 pounds, understand, like, I can give you an estimate, but this is also based on the fact that you adhere to everything that you learn, everything that you need to learn. And and, and some people's learning processes and, sure. and, and the times that they learn these things is slower than others. And it, that's okay. As long as they're making progress and, and progress, I mean, they're understanding the process, they're understanding the what's and why's as to why I'm doing it, which is what I explain to my clients. Like, all right, we're going to start you off here based on X, Y, and Z factors, right? And, oh, well, why, what are those factors? What do they mean? Well, whatever. You have X amount of lean body mass, roughly, so you set your protein here because you don't need as much as what you think or what you've been told before, et cetera. Like, things like that. Like, and then, you know, if I absolutely, I've never had to really do this, but if somebody, like, really needs, like, a, a, a blog post or research or whatever case it be, I don't have, nobody's, we're not dealing with nerds like that, honestly. Like, let's be honest. You know, so, you know, that, that that's my thing. It, it's, I want to make sure that I, I'm very clear on what they should expect, but I'm also very clear as to what I expect. Because if those levels don't match, then a client can, can come out unsuccessful. Well, it's worse for them and it's worse for you because you're going to stress over it because like, the whole reason why you're in this and we're in this is to help people. And then if they're not the right person, it's just like an uphill battle and no one's getting better. Yeah. And those expectations are like realistic expectations is probably the biggest part of this whole journey for most people because... They, what they see, what hits them in the face visually if they go onto social media, isn't necessarily what's going to fucking happen. And I think that's the problem. And then that's why, that's where we come in to intervene and be like, listen, give them the filter that they need to put everything through. Yeah. I think that, I mean, again, I'm not sure anyone who's listening to this would be susceptible to like bullshit promises anyway. But I, at least if there's people around you in your life, at least try to convince them of this. If someone is making very grandiose promises or very, very specific ones, proceed with caution. Treat that with a very solid grain of salt because any credible professional is probably never going to make a firm promise as to what your weight loss results will be in time frames. People often ask me that, and I can never give them that, like, that don't answer. Don't fucking know. No. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll explain how the process is going to go, but I'll never say, hey, I can guarantee you this. Yeah. What I t- and like, for instance, what I'll tell somebody... and, and I, so Andrew, so I will say, I take it a little, I take it like one step further than what you do. Sure. Um, what I actually do now is I used to say, I used to say, Hey, uh, I don't know exactly how much you're going to lose, but now what I'll say is, okay, I'll, I can set, I, I know that if I set the deficit to, let's say what these averages are saying that, Oh, that if you drop it by X, you know, by this amount, a person should see around a 1% loss of body percent uh, body fat per week. We're well, not body fat, but weight loss per week. Okay, I'll say, look, I'm setting your calories under the premise that this is what could happen, which means if this was to continue over the course of time in this time period, this is what you could expect, but don't expect it to hit there, even if it's 
you know, even if I say you, you should expect to lose 15 pounds, but they lose 10, I'm like, well, you still lost 10 this amount of time. Like, isn't that great? Like, that's what I, so at least if I give them a number or some, uh, some blanket number, I will say like, look, this is what, it, what can happen if everything lines up, but not, it doesn't always do that and not for everybody, period. So I want you to understand that it's possible, but more or less, I don't say unlikely, but it's less likely than this perfect number. You're just explaining the science. Being Pretty a, much. Like, being a, I just just be relatable to people at the end yeah. of the day. Like, shit, I don't read, like, I don't read as much as I probably should. So <laughs> I just, I just focus on the shit that I do know. And I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Being the good guy, which is the next is question. The- uh, and you're kind of known for that, right? Like, and being well liked can get you a long way in this business. Do you feel like it's opened a lot of doors for you? And certainly, do you feel like it's it's helped you with the success with your clients? Um, I actually don't equate those two, personally. And the reason why I don't is because if the entire fitness industry hated me, that's not going to stop me from getting the results of my clients. Nice. I do think that, um, I do think that, of course, social proof is huge. So, of course, like uh, I, I can say that I've gotten shout outs a couple times from like Alex Viata, for instance. Um, Yvette Saibabe, I wrote a blog post for her, right? So having some of those people in my corner, I think it, it helps. But to be fair, I know plenty of successful trainers who I'm, you know, I I don't want to say friends with exactly, but like we're a little bit more than just colleagues. Like we have our, the occasional conversation that don't run in these circles, so to speak, and are doing very well. And they kind of go under the radar now. Maybe they used to be in the spotlight, but not much anymore. But they, but they've built their own community. They built their own following and followers. So they don't necessarily need that outside influence anymore, right? So, um, and I, I don't want to say that I'm well-liked in the personal training, the, the, in the fitness community, um, even though I, 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 I'm appreciative of that, of, that people think that, um, because I know people that don't like me uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, hey, I, I try to spread love there. I try to spread love the Brooklyn way, you know what I mean? So, like... <laughs> it's the V-neck. I, it's I, the V-neck. It, maybe it is my V-neck. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've taken one too many selfies. I don't know. But, I mean, which I've shied away from a lot lately. But the you know, but what I will say is that where I, even if I whether I'm liked or I'm not, I'm I, I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where people lose themselves. I'm not here to appease this person, that person, because this person doesn't pay my bills. This person's not paying my rent. This person's not putting food on my table. This person's not buying me my freaking Versace shit. So guess what? <laughs> I don't necessarily need validation from people. It's great to have, absolutely, and I will absolutely. I'm super appreciative and super grateful, but you know, for, for people who don't like me or can do without me or, you know, uh, uh, have names for me, whatever it is. Great. Like, that's fine. I'm not here to, to, to deal with you anyway. You know what I'm saying? So like me being well, you know, I just want to be who I am. And at the end of that, it, it's, it's a dude who just loves fitness, who loves fashion, who wants to make fitness, um, kind of make my life better and make other lives better because let's be honest there are people who i know i personally coach and i'm sure both of you have coached who actually have real life shit to worry about 
other than somebody hating on the fact that you had a freaking selfie and they were like got tired of it. Like who gives a shit? Like, you know, I, I got client like I can I mean I would not delve I would never delve into it, but I've got clients facing some real shit right now and it's because of the relationships I've built with my clients. The fact that, that they're not just numbers, the fact that they're not just people who are paying me, but mm-hmm. people who actually really without me and, and I say that humbly and I say that like I'm not trying to be like grandiose about it, but like you know, the people who you know, they without me, without the stuff that they've learned in our time together, you know, training, um, they would be reverting back to a lot of the old habits that got them in, into mm-hmm. that really horrible position in the first place. So for me, it's like, all right, my client results are the fact that I genuinely love and care for my clients. Like I want to see them all succeed. My clients can reach me damn near any time of the day and I will get back to them as soon as I can. And they can all attest to that. Um, but yeah, do I need the, the, the approval of, of, of the people on this hand? No, I don't. You know, it is what it is. No, that's cool. And I, I, I almost wasn't expecting that answer, but uh, I like it. If anything, everybody we've ever had on this podcast, I think in terms of like training, nutrition, like attitude, I don't think there's anybody who lines up anywhere close to the same way that I do. It's like, it's like listening to myself talk about a lot of this stuff. So just, I really admire that shit. That's cool. He's just dressed Maybe, better. Yeah, he's he's way better at dressing than I am. Although I do I do dress up sharp if there's a good occasion for it, but it's just not everyday. Things. And yet, he has tattoos. Make sure that when you do have a great occasion and you're wearing uh, and you're wearing a suit, it could be from H and M, shit could be from Walmart, but get that shit tailored. That's all you got to do, and you'll look like a million bucks. Oh man, yeah. that was one of the things that like made the biggest difference, and probably because like I was bigger, but. I have two custom suits now, and it makes the biggest difference. Almost. Like it's not, and I'm not like a big fashion guy, but like if you have that shitty, especially with these measurements, if I get a suit jacket, it fucking hangs down. I look like a dirty salesman. <laughs> I get like a whatever. Even if I had a shitty suit, like you said, if it's tailored, everyone's like, "Ooh, where'd you get that suit from?" I'm like, huh. "All my stuff's got to be tailored because like I'm six two two fifty seven two fifty. You get the baggy ones, so you're yeah, a large man. I'm big. <laughs> um, so yeah, like." This comes up sometimes. I was down in Kansas City hanging out with like Dean and all these other sort of people. Brought him and uh, another friend of ours, Anthony Harder, down there, and all our industry friends are there. And of course, last year I was probably the biggest guy there when you really boil it down to it. So I come in this year, and oh yeah, no, still the biggest guy. Jay Ashman lost a few pounds, so he's not quite like nose to nose me anymore. And then all of a sudden, like look over and Stan Efforting is just hanging out there, right? IFBB Pro Stan Efforting. He's way bigger. Yeah, he's a big boy. Like, oh, this was this past year, right? Yeah, he's got. It's funny that you mentioned him, and I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about right no, now, but I have yet to actually, like, look. There's that diet that he has, right? Or, like, Vert- that vertical diet. Training. Vertical diet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I first heard, like, there's powerlifters at my gym who are doing it. I never heard of it until, like, literally two days before I started seeing photos of this guy. So I clicked on it. It's like, vertical diet. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how that's so random. Like, it's, it's weird how that works. Well, it's very um, it's it's very straightforward. It really goes to kind of the idea of minimal, minimally processed stuff. It, it while it is not paleo, it probably well, borrows he, from some aspects of it. It just it seems like common sense stuff. It he gets it, the he gets the crowd though. So like he gets the crowd so that normally him. wouldn't follow a normal fucking diet. <laughs> so he yeah. gets like the basically the powerlifters and the the not fake bodybuilders, but the bodybuilders who aren't competing, like the guy, the gym bros. And now Stan yeah. is that voice, even though Stan's not, well, Stan probably is a gym bro, but they respect that. So they wouldn't respect it from yourself or I, but Stan fucking says it, boom, in. You know what? 
helping the world. Yeah, like or like someone that like maybe from the traditional bodybuilding world that Lane Norton is pissed off gloriously from his years yeah. of doing. I love Lane. Lane is one of my favorites, but uh, you know, they, Stan will have some some grace built up over the years within the industry that uh, you know someone like Lane might not be able to. Then again, Lane is pretty popular in that world too. So, oh, but either way, yeah. it's all good shit. And I think what Stan has put together is really solid. And if you take anyone who's having a high calorie traditional Western diet onto that approach, holy shit, that's really good. So we got one more question we're going to ask you before we close it out. So no, you asked the fucking cosmopolitan question. Oh shit. <laughs> well, it, it, it more or less, I almost want to, I almost want to ditch this. One. I want to ask him about the video. What video? His, <laughs> so, so my man, a little video you made kind of blew up. Little piano music in the background. Yeah, ask me about that. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, there, there was a lot of people who kind of commented on, like, we'll just say fit pros, but, like, it, it kind of got a lot of traction. And I kind of want you to explain it and kind of where that idea comes from and how that kind of is part of the process into you kind of getting out there more. Being kind of isolated in New York and Toronto, but, like, getting your name out there. And kind of just the idea behind that. Um, I'm, I'm straight up going to say shout out to Alex Viata for this one. Um, the reason why, so I was, believe it or not, I actually hadn't like made a status photo. I mean, I, I post relatively often to stay in front of people, but, um, I think I went quite some time without posting a status post and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I want to write a poem. And I used to, so something about me is that like, you know, when I was younger, I did actually, used to, I used to write poetry and whatnot when I was younger. And, um, but I haven't done it in a long time. And I went to, so just before I went to the gym, the day that I posted that video, so it it must've been around like 4.30, I wrote this poem and I literally was, it took me all of about not even 10 minutes to write and think about, like, I was just like, the whole premise was how many cows are you eating? So then I started thinking (laughs) about like what people would say. So I did that. And after everything that somebody would say, I was like, how many cows are you eating? So I posted it. And then Alex Viado um, goes, I can totally see this being spoken over like some really like light jazz music. And <laughs> it just make it sound like, you know, make it sound like a, like a, from a poetry reading. So I'm like, say no more. So that night is around 1030. I'm getting ready to go to bed. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to record this thing right now. So that that video was shot one take on and you can, it'll be on YouTube. So it was shot right there. In my yeah, kitchen. it was <laughs> it shot right there. Um, I set up a tripod and I was reading the poem. I was actually reading the status post. I had to pull it up. The status was, um, I was reading it off my computer and I had it off to the side out of the frame. Um, and. I have, you know, again, from the whole fashion stuff, like, you know, I have different kinds of glasses and I had my, uh, I had my, uh, my hat and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. So I recorded this, I recorded that video <laughs> and then I just, I found a, um, I found a, a jazz instrumental, put that under it and um, yeah, and then I found some clapping sounds and it blew up more yeah. than I freaking thought it was going to. <laughs> I thought I was going to say like, I was, I was like, all right, maybe like 1K view. Right now, it's sitting at over like 20K. I'm like, holy shit. Like, well, mind you, this is when my um, my marketing skills absolutely suck because I didn't I didn't know that it was going to do so well. Otherwise, I would have like maybe put my coaching stuff on it or like, you know, click here and learn more. And like, I didn't. Fuck. 
Like, <laughs> what did I think of that? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, all right, you know well, what? You all, you, you always you, could and repump it and go, hey guys, I'm just throwing this out there again because it got so much attention. So I think that goes back though to the whole idea of like you just got to be yourself because like it wasn't about like you didn't think about that because it didn't fucking matter. Like you're just like, yeah, like I like poetry. Some guys fucking said to make a video. I could make a video. Screw it, I'll do it before band. Just post it, and then the best shit happens that way. Like. Some of the best stuff, all right. Like I'm just off the cuff. It's just like your poem. You're like, fuck it, I'll write a fucking poem. But like that's yeah. a skill that, like, when you tap into it, like it's good. It's like fuck it, post it, and then everyone liked it. And maybe if you did it the other way around, ain't no one gonna like it because it would have sounded like it would have sounded too, like salesy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I actually am gonna, I'm gonna probably do more of those. I had, yeah. I just thought of one that was gonna. I'm like, it's like when you know. It's like this is why people are one-hit wonders. It's like you have a banger and then all of a sudden it's like, shit, how do I follow up with this? Like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm like I, – I, the last two weeks I've been like thinking, what the hell can I record now? Like what is going to sound good and like going to grab attention? And when it comes to me, at some point or another, I'll do it. But I'm not going to rush it, you know. You've got to craft it. It's got it's to flow. You'll think of it one day. Like you take the bus. It'll be like Eminem. And just go into this yep. shitty job writing fucking shit, and then one day you just lay it all um, down. Knees weak, arms yeah. heavy. <laughs> just get your notepad out, man. Please, please, if you you keep doing these, at some point you ever hanging out with Dean, make like a Somerset, make him do a duet with you, make him read like every second line. I can't wait to see that shit. Oh, that, that's so it, man. I was actually looking at uh, plane tickets to Edmonton, and it's like holy shit. Yeah, oh. And, and the, the flight to Edmonton is more than flying to Miami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you travel anywhere in Canada, like, it's more expensive than flying to the States. Like, and you're from the States, so, like, anywhere is fucking cheap. Just to fly within Canada, it's fucking five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars sometimes for, like, nothing. Makes no sense. But then I, all right, so we said we weren't into the politics. Ah, but, and it, I'm go not going it. to. Fuck but it. I did, but I know, I actually found out, so my, uh, a buddy of mine works, um, works for a, a big financial institution and um he was explaining to me he's like well the reason why gas is ex- why gas and all stuff is more expensive in canada is because in like in other places where the u.s gets its its oil yeah. um obviously canadian oil is under a ton of like frozen rock and yeah. this and that so the whole process to to drudge it or you know to get it out and to, to clean it and, yep. and purify it and blah, blah 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 costs more money so i'm like all right, I can understand it costing a little bit more. Like that's totally understandable. I'm like, god damn, $600. I can fly to freaking Paris for $400 from Toronto, but I got to pay $600 to fly to Edmonton in Canada. Yeah, that like, that's get, crazy. That doesn't hold up. Oh, and get, gas prices also too in Canada were taxed more, and then they added this carbon tax to it. So it's like, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Nope. they're all making yeah. money. <laughs> I didn't realize this, and this is this is the, this is how I knew. I was like, holy crap, Canadian gas is expensive. Um, when I was driving, so we rented a car in New- uh, we rented a car in Toronto and when we drove down to New York this past couple weeks and it would cost me in us dollars, 25, $30 to fill that tank up. So I'm like, all right, we had to return that car with a full tank of gas and I had to prepay. So I was like, all right, I'll put it in 50 Canadian. I still had like an eighth of a tank left to fill up. <laughs> so when we brought it back, the guy was like, you know, it's not fully thing. I'm like. Bro, whatever you're gonna charge us, do charge it. it. I'm not going back. And it was like twenty bucks for that extra eighth. I'm like, oh fuck, mm, god damn you. Anyway, that's, that's Versace slippers, man. The difference. 
<laughs> well, you earlier said you didn't read as much as some other people, so we always ask this of every guest. And if you had, for our audience, at least one great book you've read that has made a difference in your personal or professional life, or just some book you liked. Um, I stop, I start and stop reading books all the time. Like, I, I can tell you right now. Um, Devil Wears Prada. No, no, they actually have. So I started reading, um, what's the one with, um, oh, I have it right here, shit. I start, oh, sorry, I started reading No BS Marketing to the Affluent by Dan Kennedy. I started reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving of, um, I started reading <laughs> Everybody Writes. Um, I started reading, there's, I don't, I, I don't know if this is, I don't know, well, maybe I can, it's okay. one book that I had been reading. Um, I don't know if, if it's going to jive with many other people, but because of, of my uh, like my spiritual beliefs, I read this one book by uh, Tim Keller called uh, uh, "The Reason for God: A Belief in the Age of Skepticism." Because I'm I'm a cool. skeptic myself, yeah. right? So like I like to think about things a lot. So I read that book. That was a really great book for me. Um, and then the one book that I actually read front to back. Well, there's two of them, and I hadn't done this since high school. And that was To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. and, and Of Mice of Men. And Of Mice of Men, I only read it because I watched the movie while I read the book. Cool. See, I like that most people tend to give us uh, nonfiction stuff. but And this is something that I've seen in other places and I think is very valuable, especially if you're someone who writes. If you can find yourself only to specific genres and you're not getting into more creative writing, different types of writing, you're missing out on things that will make you a better writer. Um, often cited is going and reading books like the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Number one, it's great literature for the audience that it's written for, and it evolves over the course of the seven books. But it's also a very relevant social uh, phenomenon. It's just like watching Star Wars or like Solo. You probably skip because it looked like it was shit. But or uh, or I'm even no, Star Wars fan, guys, sorry. you are or not. <laughs> So I'm not a Star Wars no. fan, guys. Sorry. Or don't no, no, Hey, like not really me either. Or like the Marvel movies or something. But at least having things you can talk about with your clients and your audience that are socially relevant, as opposed to just yeah. oh, this research paper said this. It makes you relatable, and you can have a lot of cool conversation to fill the dead time between your sets and your clients after you've talked about what how much protein they're eating for the fiftieth time, and you've been working with them for three years, right? So yeah. you got to be able to have some of that stuff. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I like. Uh... I did like I did love Black Panther. I think I talked about that one for a while. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> man. Let's. Um, wh where do people consume you? Like, where do they find you on social media? How do they? Find how, how do they find all the stuff that you put up videos. there? The music videos, whatever, all of it. You know, um, so my Instagram, which I actually post a lot more fashion than fitness, but fitness is on there. Um, it's at Louis. So L O U I E underscore Guarino G U A R I N O. Um, Facebook. Um, I think the you know Facebook.com backslash L G T N Y N J. So L it used to be L G the Trainer. That's our, my little moniker. Right. Uh, I think of course uh, L G the Trainer.com. Um, those are like primary. And then oh YouTube, but I haven't put anything on YouTube in about a couple months, which I need to start getting back to. Cool. Where's that video? Where's that video posted? I actually posted it on YouTube. Oh yeah. I, I finally posted it on YouTube, um, but it has like no likes or no watches on it because everybody watches it on Facebook. It seems like <laughs> you fucked up, um, man. Just go, no, it's cool. It's whatever. I think that's like twenty bucks. Bro, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna boost it actually, and then <laughs> a, I'm gonna turn that to a paid, paid ad, and then I'm gonna get some clients. Would have paid for that gas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hell yeah! <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Shit. 
Guys, cool. I really, yeah. really hope you enjoyed this episode. Louis, this was fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Uh, if you're one of Louis's uh, followers, fans, friends, and this is the first time you're finding us, we've mentioned Dean Somerset, a good friend of his, a few times. We've got a couple episodes with him. Maybe check those out. If you like it, we've got a lot of other really crazy and cool guests that we've had um, over the course of this will be now 42 episodes. Uh, we're about to, within the hour, record with Greg Knuckles. If you're familiar with that guy, that guy's both smart and super fucking strong. Greg. Greg, awesome, Greg. Greg is cool shit. So Greg's episode will probably follow a week after yours is released. So if you're listening to this now, a, a week from now, you'll get Greg Knuckles is the plan, right? Brother, anything else? Any parting thoughts? Um... No, thank you guys. This is this is awesome. This is a, I love this is I love doing these type of uh, podcasts yeah. just to talk and get people to I guess hear me and or now see me in the flesh, so to speak, than just reading a status post or you know seeing me through my 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 viral video. Yeah. <laughs> and then now for our core base listeners who are finding you for the first time, or maybe they've just heard of you or something, guys, go check out social media. Like we bring these people on this. At podcast to share them with you because these are really cool brilliant professionals like they got good messages they're fun they can help you a lot so go follow louis and uh, check out what he has to say and, and what he's doing and check out his music videos and guys thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it peace shut up and sit down